0: There was someone, and I think he was at Riot Games or EA. Actually, he was at Riot. He was leading data science there. And he had a presentation that said, 99 problems, but Spark and Databricks ain't one. And so I wrote him a rap to 99 problems. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Of course, but it was really bad. It was really cringe. But like, no one else had ever sent him a rap, right? You didn't get anything else like that.
1: All right. Welcome to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks, the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor customer relationship. And we are back after a short break last week. I'm George K. with the vendor side. And I'm George A., a Chief Information Security Officer. And today our guest is Kayla Citron Thaler, SDR Manager at Drada. Kayla, welcome to Bare Knuckles and Brass
0: Tacks. Thanks for having me. Super excited to chat today.
1: Yeah, so let's start with the quick and dirty of how you got into cyber, uh, and then we'll get into the the brass portion.
0: Perfect. Um, So I kind of got into tech, that's I think where it started, um, back in 2015 when I graduated from college, and then kind of lost my way a bit and found my way back into tech again in 2018 at Looker, which Mm -hmm. got acquired by Google for I think, two billion or something, um, was there as an SDR and then found my way through a few different companies and found Drada and kind of the opportunity that Drada has in the market. And it was just too good to pass up. And so that's really how I found my way into cyber. Uh, Basically I was an SDR for the, um, there was a a VP of sales and his old AE or account executive. Um, I was his SDR and He was at Draught, and I said, "Hey, can I join the ship?" And eight days later, I was pretty much on board. So that's That's how I found my way in. Cool.
1: Um, All right. Well, time to get into it. You are on the vendor side, which means the ciso gets first crack.
2: Thanks, George. Yeah, Kayla. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, There's one thing I've learned in this game. It's it's all just friends working with friends. So. Uh, so you came into our focus when you began your pro, uh, prospecting process uh, for me, oddly enough. So just for the audience, Kayla did try to like sell to me. Um, <laughs> now you find yourself here. Yes. Um, in my experience, kind of what sets you apart is your methodology to connect with cold opening prospects. Um, I even tried ignoring you. Like really, I, I really just tried to not care um and that was like on your first couple cracks like it wasn't just the first time eventually though you know you stuck with it um and kind of compelled me enough to respond and we had a great conversation that i think went well beyond the pitch um you know from your perspective how did we get here
0: so i think it's well i had an SDR and she saw that tinder had gotten their iso 27001 and she was really excited and ruby is one of her um, accounts that she's working. And I said, hey, I'm connected to a lot of CISOs. The likelihood of you ex- of her connection request getting accepted is lower. Let's both mm-hmm. send connection requests and see if, who gets accepted. Um, and I think we may have been already connected or I sent a connection request. It was a blank connection request. So I prefer someone to make their own assumptions about why I'm connecting versus me saying, Hey, I notice X because your zone of resistance is automatically going to go up unless it is hyper personalized. George, you probably would have been like, "Mm, "She's going to pitch me in five, four, three, two, one, So so, (laughs) instead of that, I said, "You know what? I am going to send a just generic connection request. I'd like to add you to my network." And then, rather than sending another message, the whole piece is about doing something different to get above the noise. And so, instead of just saying, "Hey, George," and trying to start this conversation that might not feel authentic. I would rather kind of just like go in with a pitch, but in a video, in a creative way that would get your attention and then not give up, but not be someone who it's about me. It's about you, right? It's about what you're going through.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the cool thing. Like you really, you rose yourself above the noise floor and I really appreciated Kind of, you had a very light hearted approach and it was like, almost self-deprecating it was almost kind of like laughing at yourself for the whole process, which just goes back to the whole story of how George and I even started this thing it was like a very quick acknowledgement of like, cool. So here's the dance, but like, you're kind of a cool dude. So could we talk about that? Right. And that's, that's kind of how this like led into itself. But I'd have to say for any of the new sales folks listening, and even a lot of the folks on the client side as a differentiator for who you should pay attention to someone who's willing to take a chance and be creative, And do something that is actually different from the norm because you in that brief description called out at least half a dozen things that i immediately find annoying and like pretty much everyone else in my position does too so you clearly know what you're doing and it's appreciated
0: yeah and i think it's i mean at the end of the day right the theme is getting above the noise what can we do differently than everyone else so rather than me just Like the days of Spray and Pray, they still exist, but those people are not being successful in hitting quota. And so it's how do you kind of, if someone has something you can kind of latch on to, how can you make it your own? So for example, this is one of my favorite stories ever is there was someone, and I think it was at Riot Games or EA. Actually, he was at Riot. He was leading data science there. And he had a presentation that said 99 problems, but Spark and Databricks ain't one. And so I wrote him a rap to 99 problems. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> meeting? Of course, but it was really bad. It was really cringe, but like no one else had ever sent him a rap, right? You get yep. anything else like that.
1: Well, l- let me let me. call out, we'll, g- <laughs> we'll get into this in the brass tacks, I think. But what I hear from the vendor side is you bothered to notice that he had done that presentation, right? And okay. then you connected the dots, which is yep. something that all the AI and automation email software isn't going to do for you. Yep. That the best way to reach this person is on a similar tone. And what you said here for reaching out to Ruby is, you know, competitor in the dating space, Tinder, ISO 27. That you're, I mean, that's getting into the nitty gritty of of where Droddick competes overlapping you know with product set product category i just think that that's like the level of detail that is required versus like let me dump george all of the canadian (laughs) companies in this territory into this (laughs) thing and just like send them the same message all at once yep you've been in software sales it sounds like for some time now and from the biz dev role to now managing sdrs i really like that you we're working with your SDR and sort of recognize like, hey, you're so new that if you just send a connection request, I like the term zone of resistance is is quite high. So I want to know what you've learned in that time, but from two different angles. And so when we invite guests on the show, we affectionately refer to the interview as the ring, right? It's bare knuckle brawl. You've stepped into the Mm -hmm. ring. And as George can attest in any combat sport, there are two ways to learn. Success is really instructive and so is pain. (laughs) So I'd like to uh, argue the same is true for sales. So the first part of this question is what has been the standout insight or process that you've learned in your career to date that has contributed the most to your success?
0: So I think it gets back to kind of a deeper seated like childhood. It's not a pain i guess it's a pain right because growing up like i was a bigger girl i was made fun of and i found sales to be something where i could do everything in my control and have success so it's Mm. like something deeper that drives me but on a more surface level it's trying something different and doing the thing that's not necessarily easier so video isn't necessarily easier right Mm -hmm. i could just mass blast emails and that could take me five seconds to send a thousand emails but doing a video takes a lot more time. At the end of the day, that's gonna lead to better results. Um, And then I think in terms of the management piece is not being afraid to dive in with my reps. Like no, there is no barrier to me saying, hey, you're on my team and I'm not gonna help you. I'm all for getting in the weeds and doing the exact same thing. That builds trust, but it also helps DRADA as a whole. And so like, I'm obsessed with DRADA. Um, and it, that like obsession helps me just like I'm anything for Drata. Right. And I am die hard about the company I work for. And so I think it's, there's a few pieces, right? One is doing something different, right? So in your case, George, I sent you a video and you probably hadn't gotten another video like that. And then we just connected and, and chatted. And then it's like, again, sticking with it. So I didn't just send a video and say, cool, I'm out. I started to send gifts and continue to try to remind him that I'm there in the least annoying way possible.
2: Nice touch on the custom gifts by the way. Very nice for those listening out there.
1: Yes, and I just I just want to be clear for the audience. They do mean the animated gif, some people yes. say gif. I don't want it to sound like she was giving him gifts because that <laughs> yes. is a different compliance issue altogether. Yes.
0: Yes. I mean, I actually don't necessarily I I actually don't agree and like, obviously there's two schools of thought, but saying, hey, I'm going to give you a coffee if you take a meeting because mm-hmm. your qualification rate is not actually going to be that good. Someone's just going to take the meeting because they want a free coffee, right? Right. Or they're not going to take it because they're like, I could buy a coffee myself. It's a nice touch. Once they've said, yes, I'll take the meeting. Hey, here's a coffee on us, right? But it's, you want someone to get to the meeting because they have a need and want to actually check out your product, not because they want something that's free. Right. Um. Yeah. So I would say that's. There's obviously many pieces to this on the like winning side of things. Um, Yeah.
1: And it sounds like, you know, for someone who's intrinsically motivated, doing something, trying to bend over backwards to find the interesting thing is rewarding in and of itself. Right. Like figuring out the rap versus the video versus whatever. Okay, so the inverse of that question is again, imagine yourself in the ring, you try to do move, you get punched in the face. What has been your most instructive moment of pain in a in a sales process?
0: Um, So I think a big piece of it is I when I was at Looker, I wanted to be in a so bad. And I didn't prepare properly to Mm. be in that AE role. So there was an AE role that was I was a year and a half in there was an AE role. And I wasn't prepared enough. I knew that it was open. And I basically had two weeks to prep and I didn't have any frameworks around it. Um, I didn't have time to prep properly. And so I applied for that role, even though I was a top performing SDR at Looker, I did not land that role. And it was an amazing lesson in like how you can get so attached to something. And since then I've taken a step back and generally it's, Hey, I want to do this, but whatever opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to get attached to something. So, I was heartbroken and actually left Looker probably a month later or less and followed my old manager. Had that not happened though, I would have been super attached to a certain way of things working out. And so I Mm -hmm. actually found my way to Domino, which is not the pizza company, a data science company. And I was an SDR there. I kind of made my way into a team lead, but I also then had this other opportunity about a year later to become an AE Um, and That was a great opportunity for me to actually understand the AE side of the SDR relationship. And then I found Drada. But I think the other piece where it's learnings is where I've been really blessed is I started posting on LinkedIn and being on podcasts. I don't know when exactly, I think 2020 maybe. And so I knew that if I did that, I would never be out of a job because instead of me getting on an interview and saying, hey, I'm really good at this, Mm -hmm. or hey, I can do this, I actually would come on and people would have already heard my podcast. And so rather than saying like I spoke through my action of these podcasts and speaking knowledge rather than being out of a role because I hadn't kind of spread the word of, hey, here's where I have these strengths. And now you can actually listen to this versus me just saying, yes, I'm really good at this or yes, I'm really good at this other thing.
1: Nice.
2: That's like the methodology of uh, building a personal brand, right? Which is kind of why you do it. Yeah. that's why i like how george framed this question too because i was like thinking about this and i was like man my like my last actual fight my nose got like absolutely shattered and uh yeah so it's flattened out completely and also <laughs> bent out uh it was like probably my fourth career break and uh yeah so like george says you learn the lesson you know if you have a game plan don't just like throw it out the window because you know yeah. you get hit in the face and bad things happen <laughs> so same thing applies in business <laughs> Uh, I digress. So you've worked at a variety of great shops over your career from Google all the way to Drada today. How important uh, would you place studying your tech or your solution catalogs independently from being compelled to do so uh, due to some new or ongoing engagement? Like, would you consider mastering your core offering knowledge to be the main key to your consistent career success?
0: I wouldn't. (laughs) I think it's it's about being passionate about the like there's this triangle that I see of like it's a people feeling challenged in the work you do and the pay right it's that triangle if that's met you're gonna like be at the company that you're at for a while um I've never mastered anything right away because in the SDR world you actually don't have to and if SDRs waited to do that they wouldn't be on the phones till month five so we give them some like product knowledge, like, hey, here's what SOC 2 is, here's what ISO is, do some research on this. But I think that knowledge has come over time. I probably didn't know what Looker did fully until like a year in, um, <laughs> but you have to just be able to talk about it. And it's more than talking about it, is a natural curiosity and asking a lot of questions, right? If you're talking to prospects, I can basically have an opener and get you to open up. I could say, hey, George, um, I've been talking to, Um, other CISOs and they're mentioning frustrations around, let's say you already have your SOC 2, around the manual time it takes to maintain their SOC 2, right? Uploading screenshots, managing things in a spreadsheet, curious how you're doing that, right? And so with that piece of knowledge, yes, I have to start to understand, but from day one, I actually don't have to understand fully what my product does. I just have to understand and have a natural curiosity because if I got on the phone, yes, you would want me to be educated, But at the same time, in my case, I do believe that it's okay for me to admit, hey, I'm new at this. This is a new industry and I just want to learn. And I've done that before. There was a CTO. um, Shoot, I forgot what company it was, but it was like a Fortune 500 company. And he didn't take a meeting. But I said, hey, I'm not going to pitch you anymore because I know you won't take a meeting. But can we just hop on a call? And I just pick your brain about what you do day to day and, and really understand what your workflow is. So. I don't feel that you have to fully know your product. I think you just have to have a natural curiosity and understand the basics, and then you build on that knowledge.
1: That's a word that's come up a lot on this podcast. I think, so what you kind of talked about, it's two
2: things. One, know enough to be dangerous, which in your role, that's all I want to know. Like, do you actually know what the hell you're selling? Because otherwise, I I will be 30 seconds in that call and just tune out, like, when is this call over? The (laughs) other thing, too, that I like that you mentioned there, and George kind of keyed on it too. <clears throat> you took uh, you took another, I would say, original creative approach to solving the problem, which I don't typically see. Which is, you were like, okay, cool. I acknowledge you're not going to take the meeting for the pitch, but then you spun it on them. Which, by the way, that's like a very 50 50 thing because they could either just continue to ignore that, be like, well, I already shot you down. You're like, no, can you tell me about your day? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your process. Let's figure out your pain points. Yeah. So something you did, you know, in, in your attempts to cold open them, convinced them enough about you as a person to open up about that. I find that
1: brilliant, Brilliant. She she acknowledged the dance. Yes. Say it again. We've said it since episode one. You said <laughs> you're not going to take the meeting that that, you know, throws the curtains open and says like, I am a seller, you are a buyer. You're not buying what? today. That's cool. You know, can we connect as humans and like talk about this thing that I'm trying to learn more about? I think that's that's brilliant. I think that works.
2: Yeah, and, and again, that totally derailed the train. It's just that your response, like it's, you're, you are gold. There needs to be more of you. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right, so Kayla, if you could introduce or reinvent one sales metric, You know, I I would love it if we could somehow measure curiosity. I don't don't know if we can get there. But (laughs) if you could, uh, given what you've learned and what your approach is with your team, you know, what would you like to measure most in terms of the effectiveness?
0: I mean, I guess it comes to quality conversations, right? Like Mm -hmm. not everyone's going to have a need. And that's the thing is someone could go on LinkedIn and say, hey, I've had a 95% reply rate. And then you look into, it and you're like, "Well, how many positive replies have you gotten?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah. Right>? Bingo. <laughs>
0: um, which there are ways to measure this in sales engagement tools, um, and same with like on the phone. It's not just how many calls did you make; it's how many quality conversations do you have, right? It yes, it's great that someone picked up, but did they say, "Hey, I'm not interested in hang up." Right. So it's it's
1: not like, yeah, if you looked at duration, right, they could spend five minutes having an interesting conversation or five minutes just trying to get off the phone while somebody objection handled judos the conversation.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, So I think it's quality conversations and it's not necessarily booking the meeting. Like that's the the goal as SDRs. The Mm -hmm. goal is to start conversations, which the product of that at the end of the day, hopefully is to book meetings, which then get qualified then lead to close business but at the end of the day our metric is to start conversations right so i guess that really is the how many conversations did you start should be the metric it's really hard to measure that though um and how many positive conversations came out out of that
1: nice um side question I, i think i know the answer given your previous response but what do you look for most in your SDRs? Like a new hire SDR. Uh, if you're thinking about like what it is you want to measure, what is the trait or characteristic of that new hire that you want to cultivate, you want to latch on
0: So I would say there's a few main things. Obviously, number one is natural curiosity. That's something that's hard to teach. Um, I think someone that's coachable because you can actually coach them to be more naturally curious. Maybe they didn't start out that way. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start to ask them questions because you want to get deeper to the root of something. And then they'll start to actually understand that, oh, here's the deeper meaning of why it's important to, when we we get this objection, why it's important to actually say this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, here's your script. Something that we do at Drata is we go over objections, but we actually ask the reps of, hey, when you get this objection, what do you need to know? Right? If someone says, we already got it covered, I have no idea what that means, actually, <laughs> besides mm-hmm. that we've got it covered. So it's really getting to the basis of asking good questions, um, which comes with a natural curiosity and coachability. I think the third thing is just that drive. If someone isn't putting in the activity, it's re- I can't do the activity for you. I can help you and I can coach mm-hmm. you and my whole goal is to develop you because like what drives me as a manager is not getting that A role and seeing others be into that A role. Um, so I think it's the natural curiosity, coachability, and drive.
1: Nice. All right, cool. Well, we are going to take a short break, and then we will be back for uh, the second half of the show. Hey listeners, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and follow our LinkedIn page for updates, including meetups and live events. Now, back to our conversation with Kayla Citron-Thaler. Okay, we're back, and it's time for the Sales Gauntlet. Alright, this is the rapid fire round of common sales challenges. George A and I will take turns putting them in front of you, Kayla and we want to hear the one to two sentence answer as to how you would confront the challenge. George A, up to the plate first. Kayla.
2: I just bought a similar product from a
1: competitor.
0: Awesome that you see the value in a similar product. Curious what that's doing for you.
1: This is my cell phone. How did you get this number?
0: Yeah, honestly, my manager just gives me numbers and tells me to go make friends. (laughs) (laughs) real talk yeah
2: nothing in your catalog looks like it can address my needs
1: what do we even have to talk about
0: yeah i guess my question for you is do you even process customer data
1: Ooh. why should i connect with you on linkedin just to fill my feed with sales stuff why not <laughs> i love that answer
2: <laughs> appreciate that yeah Your solutions don't align with anything in our maturity roadmap for the year. So, what other value can you offer me?
0: What else is in your maturity roadmap for the year?
1: We've got a full fledged GRC program. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, um, I'm curious what that's doing for you and and what that automation looks like.
1: There we go. All right. Good job getting through the gauntlet. Oh, (laughs) Um, okay, so now we turn to the brass tacks portion of the show, so we are look for actionable recommendations based on your experience. You're handed a new account, which is pretty cold. Walk mm-hmm. me through your outreach process.
0: So the first question is, is it ICP, right? That question I got in the gauntlet was, do you even process customer data? If someone doesn't process customer data, it's going to be really challenging. Like mm-hmm. a lot of those companies don't need ISO or SOC 2 because they aren't processing customer data. So we'll just start there. Right. If it's not ICP, I'm not going to work it. Actually something Adam Aaron's our CRO, he talks about seals versus surfboards and you don't want to be a surfboard. The story he tells is basically it was in the Bay area. There's a lot of white sharks and they white sharks like to eat seals and these, And I might not be telling this exactly correct, but the gist of it. And basically, these people would drag a surfboard behind a boat and a shark would come up and eat it. And if a shark does that one too many times, it will die. It will use all of its energy up. So basically, you want to be efficient as possible. And what we say is seals, not surfboards. He was also the previous like CRO at Okta. Um, So that's first thing is understanding if it's a good account. The second thing is look at the website, right? Does it look like it could be a good fit for what Drata can offer? And the nice thing is we have a need to have product. We're not a product where it's like, oh, it'd be really nice for you to have this as someone in security. It's actually, we know that most companies have a need for Drada,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whether or not they know it today. Um, that's an objection we get a lot of times is it's too early. But actually, a lot of companies want to be proactive. They just don't realize the value of Drada. Um, Then it's looking at, okay, is this a good fit? Do they already have SOC (laughs) 2, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where are they at in their journey? So it's, hey, are they someone who it's super early, right? Maybe a YC company that has two employees. Or is it someone who is like Apple or something, right? Where are they at in their journey? Um, Then understanding, okay, if it is ICP, well, also, did we have conversations before? What does this background look like? Finding the right people and then trying to reach out in a creative way. So that was kind of the process with my rep, George, when I was reaching out to you is, hey, yes, this actually, we know that Tinder has ISO, which points us in the direction that you probably at some point will need ISO or have ISO. Um, And then it's really, how do we get above the noise and how do we find a different way to reach out and kind of let you know that we exist, not being pushy, which we call it at our company as commission breath as an SDR is so, so, so pushy and so attached Mm -hmm. to getting that meeting that they don't treat you as a human. And I'm sure both of you have gotten this before where it's like, they're just trying to get the meeting versus, hey, I'm gonna treat you like a human and you may not have a need. And that's okay also, um, because not everyone will have a need for what you have and not everyone's gonna be at the point in their journey, but how do you make sure to stay top of mind even, and I know that's like a buzzword, but um, how do you make sure to stay top of mind even if they're not ready to purchase, right? The worst thing you can do is someone says, hey, reach out in six months and you say, Hey, here's some resource. What did you think? No, what you want to do is just show you that, hey, is it okay if I send you an article once a month, right? With no ask and just reminding them because when the timing is right, they will then reach out.
1: Commission breath. We got a lot of solid jewels yes. in this <laughs> interview. We're going to keep that. That's real nice. Thank you. Yes. It also sounds like, before I turn it over to George A, that in that process, you have time, which I think, you know, if if you feel rushed, you just sort of get a list of accounts. You grab a bunch of data out of Zoom Info. You shove it into Salesforce. You shove it into automation, and that gets you to the spray and play because you're trying to work against the clock. But ultimately, the quality return is not there.
0: It's. I mean, it's. It is a mix of like quantity and quality, right? You still have to work a, a certain number of accounts, mm-hmm. um, but it's doing it well, right? And spending a bit more time, I would way rather reach out to like. 1,000 accounts really well than 5,000 accounts not well. So it's really about how do I actually put my time where it's going to be as efficient as possible and ideally get as many results as possible.
1: There you go.
2: Yeah, you kind of triggered me in my last job there. I had a sales element to my last job. So like I had to use Salesforce for that. And just like as George mentioned <laughs> that, it just remind me of just like all the I knew were going to be dead end account conversations that I had to input. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for that <laughs> you're welcome um, so yeah so for my first brass tacks question to you um, your target prospect won't respond to your outreach via any medium but you know your solutions could really help them and it would be a good sale both ways what do you
1: do
0: so I guess it depends on where they're most active right are they actually opening emails are they active on LinkedIn do I have a good phone number right what is that medium I think it's hitting them with like good content and stuff that you think you can find valuable and not giving up. At the end of the day, it's not giving up just because they haven't replied. Like I know George, you were, you are very busy, but you did actually obviously take the time to reply. Everyone is busy just because someone's not replying doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they're not interested. It just means that they're busy a lot of the time. So yeah.
2: I I think you key on the big point though is the quality content because you are playing in a game where if you're staying persistent, you're going to get maybe a slight chance of attention. There's going to be a moment in a day in an afternoon where I actually have time and I'll look into like the spam box and LinkedIn and see what's there. And that might get like less than 10 seconds of me looking at your message. If it catches attention, that's something that, you know, leads into a conversation. So, I think the quality content piece for everyone listening, that's a really important takeaway because you might only get a five to 10 second window to capture that conversation. And if your content and your messaging is no good, I just, yeah, you end up in the trash
1: i mean i've had the experience where we have accounts show up and they eventually inbound and they become a deal and we thought they had just like iced us out and it turns out mm-hmm. the stuff was hitting the inbox we're reading it but if these are super busy organizations with multiple meetings and whatever and it was in there and when the project came up or the need came up the name was there it was you know
2: and you have to know as well and like, this is a whole other episode we have on this but from a from a performance anxiety standpoint I'm finding, and George, maybe you're the same way. I only have so much of a battery life for conversations in a day, oh, yeah. or new subjects in a day. Sometimes, man, like I'm just way too exhausted dealing like with whatever crisis I got to handle that day. That by the time I actually have time to sit down, it's like, do I want to read LinkedIn messages or do I want to play with my dogs?
1: Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 People are people.
0: And I, I think a piece of this is. We, we as SDRs are competing for your attention, right? It's not just like Drata, which automates compliance. It is, there's like a mind map that I've seen, a visual of like, there are a hundred plus type of vendors that are reaching out to you at one time. So people I think forget that of like, ah, oh, I'm gonna be the only one in the inbox. No, you are not the only one in the inbox for your type of product. There are a hundred others trying to get like George's attention for each of those products, you have yeah. to do something different.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. So, what's your uh, number one piece of advice to impart to new cybersecurity SDRs starting on your team today?
0: Um, I think it's just the piece of we've we've hired absolute rock stars, <laughs> so we're very confident that they're going to do well. Um, but I think it's the piece of leaning into something different and and really spending the time to understand kind of what someone like George cares about, right? Like what is his day to day? Um, And then I think it's a piece of how do we create at least some relevancy in terms of like, if someone was to find that George likes to do mixed martial arts, right? Maybe it's writing a personalized email about that. Right. Um, Or maybe it's, there's some other nugget you find it's, My biggest pet peeve when people reach out to me with a non-personalized message, because I have so much stuff out on LinkedIn that there is no excuse not to personalize the message and at least call something out. And then the fact of tying it in. So that would be, hey George, saw you did a podcast. My product does X, Y, and Z.
1: (laughs) We get so many of those. (laughs) I
2: was I was also literally about to say too, like, if you go the route of trying to like see something where they post a a personal insight about themselves and you kind of do it cheaply it works like doubly against you so yeah. like if someone was actually to talk to me about like fighting right and they try to do it in a pitch if it's super corny i'm gonna make fun of you to know it i'm gonna plaster your name all over my like group chats with like other executives and just be like dude this guy's a chode like forget this dude <laughs> but but If it's like, for example, um, like Mike, our last guest, Mike rolls as well. And so if Mike was in a a sales position and he was like, hey, George, so are you going to be a black hat? I'm going to be a black hat. You know, and and it could be a bit presumptuous, but it's like, by the way, you know, like I happen to do jujitsu as well. You know, if we don't have time to meet up on the floor, like on the trade show floor, you know, do you want to go maybe grab some time? We can find some mats, go for a roll, go for a workout. To be honest with you, as silly as that sounds, like if you're not weird, it comes off as normal. That's like a way higher probability of success than just like meet me on the trade show floor if I'm lucky to find you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We
0: actually, one last story that I'm going to leave with you guys. Um, We have an SDR that does magic tricks. He is so good. His name's Sachin, like insanely good at magic. Um, He'll do the thing where like he, someone shoots a card and then he'll pull it out of his mouth. Like so good at magic. And he was at Black Hat. And there was a cybersecurity leader from Chipotle who I had seen was going to be attending Black Hat. And so I reached out and was like to Sachin, And there was a photo of this guy and his son walking around on the trade floor. And I sent Sachin this picture and I said, you got to like Chipotle would be a really cool logo to have. Right. And this guy looks cool. He's with his son. Like, I mean, it's cool that he's bringing his son around right to Blackett. And Sachin was actually walked around the trade show floor. This is like how amazing our SDRs are. Walked around the trade show floor and found this guy. And they actually took a photo together and Sachin sent it to me. Like, I've never seen that happen nice. ever. Maybe it was luck, but it was the fact that Sasha was like, I'm going to go do this and did it. And then he did a magic trick and it, obviously it was amazing. So that's like a crazy story of like, there are no limits if you decide to like just commit.
1: Well, I want to say, you know, I think we hear these stories and we think of individual rock stars. That's the story that corporate America tells about itself, but it is a culture. You yeah. as the manager essentially gave him license to, to do that and supported that kind of ingenuity which is instead of like plant yourself at the booth and scan as many badges as possible i don't care if it's consultants i don't care if it's students looking for a job i want as many badge scans as possible which i have heard is a metric and i'm like that is a bananas result for the amount of money that you spend on those booths it's just to scan everybody icp be damned like that doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. but culture wise you have cultivated something there that allows for that
2: that actually kind of brings me back to like what's supposed to be our last brass tack question, but like, you know, how do you advise? Because you you clearly have like a good sales culture in your organization. That is not the case across the majority of shops, unfortunately. Yep. So how would you advise a newer SDR to push back against the toxicity of the quota driven culture in many sales organizations today?
0: So we, we do have a quota driven culture, but I think it's the culture that is created beyond that, right? We have sales goals to hit, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's no question that any company or most companies have investors and you have to report those investors and you have to deliver results. But I think it's the piece of actually living through a, sorry, there's two things, looking on RepView, RepView is reps will go in and rate their company. So that's a great source where mm-hmm. reps can find sales roles. The second piece is it has to come from leadership. And that's with Drata. Like, I truly believe we live through our core values. It's not just values that are plastered up on our website so that, okay, cool. Trust is a value. Integrity is a value. No, like, I feel that everyone at Drata lives with these values day in and day out. So, like, that is, I am always thinking about these things front and center. I'm like, how can I build trust? How can I build integrity? How can I have competitive fire? right and these are things where your values also when you're looking for a role have to align with the company's values right is this a part of my being i think drada is really special in the way that we do live through our values and this has been set from the beginning our founders founded another company prior called portfolio and then they found a need for drada and built out drada um, and they're doing things the right way. And so I think it's really rather than being like, I need a job, which obviously it's really bad to be in that position, or it's really hard to be in that position of like, I need a job. I'm out of work, but I think truly listening to your gut and this is what happened with Drata, I was in three interviews and I actually took the other two interviews because I said, Drata feels too good to be true. Let me make sure. And let me list my gut. Mm. I did those two other interviews. I knew this is the right role for me. So I think it's really listening to your gut. And a lot of times we just want a job and our ego wants it. Cause we're like, Oh, like if I get this job, it's going to be so good. It's going to feel right. But I think it's understanding and asking those deeper questions of like how many reps are hitting quota and what does your culture actually look like and going out and actually interviewing or asking other people in the company versus just the people you're interviewing with, because they obviously want to hire for this role. And so they may not tell you both sides of things, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to the culture and leadership leading the way and living through these values. And that just trickles down.
2: I appreciate yep. the very like inside baseball of the sales yeah. profession <laughs> that you've been pushing. Like this has been great, George. She's yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Kayla, that, that does it for our time. I want to thank you very much for taking the time on, uh, the weekend to sit with us and and talk shop i really appreciate it yeah it's been very insightful
0: of course i really enjoy this conversation and um excited to see it come out on linkedin
1: and spotify right. well, and apple podcast yes. for those <laughs> listening.
0: For and don't forget to leave a review
1: bingo <laughs> yes from a former podcast host i love it well thank you yep. very much i hope we get a chance to uh to hang out in real life of course That's it for bare knuckles and brass tacks this week. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a rating or a review and share on all your socials. It helps others find the show. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.